All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year. My name is Frank. I am here with Scott and Paul, uh, and I am fudging the intro a bit because uh, last week we recorded a podcast uh, where we discussed Damar Hamlin and his uh, really scary, awful injury, and now with hindsight, we are so thrilled that he's okay, um, but that podcast never posted largely entirely due to user error. I am user, and I make the error. Um and so we're not really going to rehash that. But I wanted to take a minute to listeners who are going to go from the last time they heard us to this time to not just sort of think us unfeeling monsters who didn't have a heart and didn't discuss this. It happened, and then I deleted it because I'm a moron, um, and I didn't want to make Scott and Paul go through the arduous task of trying to, like, recreate what we had done. So um, – that's also why if you look at your timeline, I'm going to skip that episode number because that episode happened. And in a weird way, th that game was canceled and the podcast was canceled. And I'm just going <laughs> to leave that missing number up there as a tribute um, to what was a really scary moment. And um, we are thrilled to with all the good news regarding Damar Hamlin. Um, that was basically the gist of the podcast uh, for you. And now we're going to go ahead and talk football. So I hope that's okay with y'all. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, the Buffalo Bills defeated the New England Patriots by a score of 35 to 23. Um, it was not a no-doubter exactly, but even when the Patriots were slightly ahead at 17-14, it never really felt like, uh, you know, uh, I felt pretty comfortable with it, um, other than, you know, a little bit of a slow first half. Other than... Uh, a brilliant kickoff uh, return touchdown by Naheem Hines, which is where I want to start. And I want to start with Paul because I'm going to put this mm -hmm. question to Paul. Paul, if momentum is real in football, how did they ever blow the lead after Naheem Hines? Because I would imagine that was worth 10 million momentum points. Uh, well, see, I, I, as you know, Frank, am on the pro-momentum side of things. I think yes. you've awarded too many momentum points for the kick return touchdown as we're in the... The problem I, lies. I can't imagine. Okay, but I can't imagine a much bigger momentum touchdown <laughs> than that touchdown. But I, I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Right. That is that is true. It is a huge momentum shift. It was immediate out of the gate. Wonderful to see. Uh, good. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I know Demar enjoyed it based on his reaction. He was setting off alarms at the Cincinnati hospital because he was jumping up in his on the, the in his bed when he shouldn't have been. But. Yeah, they, they came out then, had a great defensive stop. I think the Pats went three and out. And then the offense moved well. But as is often the case with momentum, it just takes a play, uh, an incompletion, a negative run, where it starts to shift a little bit. And so momentum just kind of died. And then I wouldn't say the Patriots even necessarily had momentum. It was just kind of a slog of the game for the next, you know, uh, 25 game minutes or so before Hines is like, all right, let me remind you guys how this momentum thing works. And then he proceeded to bring the second one to the house, breaking a tackle in the process, mind you. Not one of those clean, like, escape along the sideline ones. Like, I'm going to bowl someone over. It's going to slow my momentum, and I'm still going to beat you all to the end zone. So, yeah, it was a wonderful uh, game to see. You're, you're absolutely right, Frank, that this was not a, a dominant performance, but I also was never in doubt. It, when the Patriots did have that 17-14 lead, it lasted for, I think, nine seconds of game clock. Uh, which helps when, when that's how long your opponent is leading for. They were choppy in the first half. Uh, they were giving up a lot of completions to Mac Jones on defense. 
Uh, offensively, they really seem to struggle to get into a rhythm. You know, seven offensive points in uh, a half is not what we're used to seeing out of the Bills. They struggled a bit against Chicago uh, a couple weeks back, too, in that regard. But, yeah, once they got it together, you know, Allen brilliantly hit that, that TD pass to Diggs near the end. Allen was on target with one to Gabe Davis that should have really super sealed the deal. Uh, but we'll get to Gabe Davis's struggles a little later, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, you keep Bill Belichick out of the playoffs. You keep the Patriots out of the playoffs. You don't have to face them a third time for the second straight year. It is always kind of feel good to twist that knife a little bit in new England after years of them twisting the knife on the bills. So yeah, I don't have too much to say about this, this game, other than what I've already said, it was, uh, sloppy a bit of points, choppy a bit defense though, uh, came through, you know, when it needed to Pats fought hard cause their playoff lies were on the line, but ultimately the mm-hmm. team with, with more talent won. won. I agree, and I think that I want to turn it over, obviously, to Scott coming up here. Um, but it was – I appreciate your, your sort of like that's all I want to say about the game because I think that's – going into that game, it was literally just handle business and we're not mm-hmm. invested. Um, you know, there was no talk of like whether you should forfeit the – not forfeit the game or not necessarily, but like, you know, you say you don't want to play the Patriots three times. Well, there was no way to even manipulate playing them three times. Um, short of somebody else doing it, they, they right. would have ended up in a different spot by losing, and you needed all, all the things. So the moment the the Bills were winning, um, the the game literally just became about who's next, who's the first team in the uh, playoffs. And so I want to turn it over to Scott. Scott, give us your thoughts on the game, and then um, maybe if we want to branch out a little into how the rest of the AFC seeding um, played out uh it might be a good place to do that because of course we are playing somebody for the third time mm-hmm. this year um uh the yeah this one it was a weird game just because uh, yeah i mean obviously like so much emotion i wonder how much that affected really i would assume it affected both teams on some level because the patriots obviously like it's gonna be weird for them i mean i know they're all cold bloodless monsters uh, <laughs> had their souls removed as part of their patriotification process when they show up in training camp um, with Belichick. Kind of. Uh, do you guys remember, in, again, in like Mortal Kombat when Shang Tsung would like, remove your soul? Yes. yes. Is that is that the Patriot way? Is that like... how you... <laughs> um, but the... So anyway, I, assuming some of them still have some remnant of their soul, I'm sure that was a weird game for them as well. Um, but at the same time, like they are, yeah, as Paul said, they, they still need to win. Um, they, they gave it everything they had. Um, you know, six turnovers in an NFL game is, is a lot. Um, that's a lot of turnovers. Yes. Um, and I think it, I think it was, um, it added to the, the choppiness that Paul mentioned. It was obviously stemming from that um, as well. Yeah. And then you add six turnovers and two kick return touchdowns in the same game. That is officially like a wacky game at that. <laughs> So I'm glad the Bills kind of came out of it. Um, if you look at all the other stats uh, for the rest of the game, like uh, yards, the Patriots had 14 more yards. They had one more drive. They had six more plays. They had the passing yards were within three of each other. The rushing yards were in 17. Um, it was really the two special teams touchdowns that on some level was the difference, which is great. Those count. And obviously if he doesn't score the, those touchdowns, the Bills offense get the ball. The Bills offense obviously had a good day, um, you know, a relatively good day, I guess I would say. I guess they had about as 
they had basically the same day that the Patriots offense has. Now that's with two less drives. So if they give them two more drives, maybe they get three more points or seven more points and that's still, they still win. Um, but it is, it is concerning. Obviously the Patriots have played them twice. Uh, well, that was their second time playing them, I guess. So they, they knew what the bills were doing. Um, so it wasn't an easy game to win. I'm not surprised that we did win. Glad we won. Um, I, I guess I'd say I'm a little concerned about what this means for the, the playoffs for this team, not on anything. I get, I get the mental aspect and they were really just getting through it, but some level like that's again, like these things sometimes don't go away. Like, Mar Hamlin's still going to be in, a, in the hospital for a while. Not going to be on the field. People are going to be thinking oh, there's going to be tributes. There's going to be emotions. The first playoff game, you know, the home games. There's going to be people with threes. So they're going to have to continue to deal with that as they, they continue to do it. You know, and again, like he wants them to win. He wants them to go to the playoffs and win it all. I'm sure. So um, it, it's it's kind of a weird time um, from a football sense alone. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a teensy bit concerned, but uh, probably not this week. Yes, because this week we will, of course, be bringing in Skylar Thompson and those dastardly Miami Dolphins. Uh, I, I think it was said in the chat by somebody, it's not that they got a week off exactly, but, um, you know, this is about as beat up of a team, <coughs> excuse me, coming in to play you as, as possible at this point. Um, so <clears throat> before we get all the way to there, though, I, you know, a, another generally regular old good day at the office for Josh Allen, you know, throws throws one pick, but throws three touchdowns and 254 yards. And uh, certainly some of the offensive numbers overall probably obviously held back by not having two drives because they just sort of scored out of pocket, which is great for them. You know, I think that Devin Singletary's fumble was a bit was, uh, you know, the, the Sean McDermott didn't, didn't seem to have a lot of patience for, for Devin Singletary this time. He was sort of yanked, and I don't remember seeing him again. Um, with yeah, the- I think he had six snaps and one touch after that. So, yeah, okay. he was not fully removed from the game, but, but message delivered, yeah. sort of removed. Uh, ball gets spread around a little, you know, John Brown with a wonderful touchdown, of course. Um, and, sorry, that was my, my phone. Uh, but what I, I think I wanted to get to before we no i lost it i don't know what i wanted to get to before we moved on uh, yes it... the old phone distraction the is old all phone can... distraction yeah. bomberoo um yeah no i don't know it's a good game there was something i was thinking i wanted to touch on but ultimately you know not not too worried uh about it it was a good game gabe davis that was it because you had said you wanted yes. to talk about gabe davis one of the weird things about gabe davis's numbers is if you look at them they're an improvement over last year where he was the um, third or fourth option. Um, but the drops are there. Mm-hmm. It's one of these things that I think there's a happy medium between what he, how bad people think he is and how much progress he did make. And it's one of these questions that maybe we, maybe we talk about now, but I think it's more of an off-season conversation. You know, was he bad? Was he okay? Was he just not? Was he just not the guy from the Chiefs game last year? And we sort of had a brain bias going on, or at least a little bit. Um, and we, I think you know, one other question I certainly would want to explore is: Is it really him, or is it uh, the lack of a good slot receiver uh, that sort of exacerbated every drop uh, in a way that the tight end and 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 Davis make? 
because um, I certainly sort of have my frustrations at tight end too. But he 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 dropped a a touchdown that would have made it you know even bigger of a score than it was. Um, hit right in the damn hands and everything. It was a it was a tough throw and it was a t- it was a bit of a tough catch, but yeah. it did get to his chest and hands. Um, and I did look up Gabe Davis's drops. Uh, three in twenty twenty five last year and nine this year. Nine, right? Like so. Yep. It's a big, it's a big jump, but it's also a lot more targets, you know, and, and it's maybe too much for a quote unquote number two receiver, but you know, if he doesn't drop them from now until, you know, March, then, <laughs> then he's in, then, then all is forgiven. Um, right. We need, we need playoff Gabe Davis to show up and that's right, that, for the know, playoffs. That's what we're here for. Okay. So let's go ahead. Let's get to three stars. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll do that. And uh, and then we'll we'll move on from there. Yeah, great. Um, so my mention goes to John Brown. One target, one catch, forty-two yards, one touchdown. I just I'm happy to see him again. I mean, yeah, this is wild. If you're going to make I'm your first catch in over two two calendar years, that's that's the way to do it, right there. Make it a touchdown. Yeah, it's just yeah. weird, like a weird NFL, you know, like. You think these guys, you know, they get old, and you know it happens to everybody. Everybody gets old. I'm getting old. Um, I assume Paul and Frank are getting old as well. Uh, Sadly, yes. Like yeah, it seems yeah. like it. Um, but uh, you know, it happens in the NFL too, and you kind of like, well, that that was the end of the road for John Brown, and and you know, it's great to have him on the team when we were there. He was there kind of at the dawn of a new era. And I'll remember him for that. But it, he was never really there for the for for when you know really it's culminating. And who knows? Maybe this is the last time we see of him this playoffs. You know, we, we'll, maybe we'll get into the wide receivers later and the, the numbers game of who's going to play every week and who's injured and all that. This might be his last kind of contribution. It was a big contribution. We needed, we needed, we needed another touchdown or two in this game to win it, and he got it for us. And it was just, it was just, uh, it was an old, you know, uh, crossing route, and he's just like, all right, well, Allen's scrambling. What's the scramble route? I go deep. I'm gonna go deep. And he got it. And he caught it. It was great. It was really nice. Honorable mention. It was still one catch. Yeah. But, but a memorable catch. Was, An honorable mention yeah. worthy catch. Sure. Yeah. Sure. He, he, was, he was mentioned. It was honorable. Um, Devontae Parker, six honest. catches for 79 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, uh, it, yeah. I mean, it, again, the secondary, again, like, they sure, like, uh, they got the three picks on, on Jones. Uh, Edmonds had one. Trey had one. I'm trying to remember who else. Uh, Milano end zone. Milano, yeah. that's right. Milano. Milano. So two two linebackers, and then Trey Wake, who's the remaining All Pro in the secondary. Um, so it's a little concerning when you give up two forty three to Mac Jones and three touchdowns. I got I got it that we had the picks too and we won the game, um, but Parker, you know, had Parker's a a good NFL wide receiver and he had a, he had a nice game. He had six catches for 79 yards and two touchdowns. And so if you're concerned about the bills going into the playoffs, as, as obviously I am, I'm that guy, um, this is one of the things that you're a little worried about that even with Benford coming back, even with a first round pick in Kyrie Elam, who we, we, we have seen flashes of um, throughout the season and with Trey white back and with Teron Johnson kind of playoff aerial from um, last year, all, all uh, healthy. We're not uh, not really getting it done, and Poyer, you know, still still kind of gutting it out week to week, getting there. Um, it's it's a little concerning. Obviously, you know, Parker's a good receiver. We're going to be playing other good receivers. We're going to be playing one this week with Tyree Hill. 
there's going to be more the week after and the week after that. So, um, anyway, credit to him. Uh, second star goes to, uh, I gave it to Josh Allen, 19 to 31, 254, three touchdowns and one sack, or sorry, one interception and two sacks. Um, again, you know, like, like Frank has said, a, a very uh, kind of good, uh, at this point, you know, you'll take this game from Josh Allen and it's, it's pretty, pretty darn good, you know, to have it, um, to have the three touchdowns and, and get again, 35 points. Yes. Do some special teams, but still, still pretty good effort. Um, that the, the killer kind of red zone, that was not a good, that was that whole red zone series was just not good. Right. And again, not all on him. The blocking wasn't really there for some of it, but even on the, the one where he kind of got the, the interception play where he got hit as he threw, I'm not really sure what he was seeing over the middle of the field that way. Anyway. So it, it was, um, a little frustrating for them to do that, but still, obviously, won the game, winning quarterback, second star material. Um, and then I gave the uh, I gave the first star to uh, to Steph Diggs because it's my thing and I do what I want. Seven catches, 140 yards, um, another nice 49 yard touchdown. Um, that is the thing that I think is the equalizer that this Bills team does have is the is the long ball, the long catch. Uh, there's a good final article talking about how I think it's final. Maybe we're about the you know the Chiefs say what you will obviously they they're still I think the number one offense in the league but they are not explosive the same way they were with Tyree Kill they do not consistently get guys open and scheme them open for 70 and 80 yard touchdowns because Tyree Kill was the guy who did that and Travis Kelsey for all that he is is not exactly a speed burner um, yes I think they still have Nico Hardman on the team but other than that he is not certainly as reliable or as as agile so the Bills do have those guys whether it's Davis or Diggs obviously John Brown um, I think the extent that we can continue to take those shots and make those big plays, that will, that will obviously make things a lot easier. Um, you know, this offense can go down the field and his dink and dunk style, especially if the run game is, is working and wasn't really working on Sunday, it's okay. Um, but but uh, big, the big plays you know, help a lot. Yeah, thank God we don't have to see Tyreek Hill again. Uh, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, also, no love for Himes? Come on. What does a man got to do? Oh Sorry. yeah, he gets zero zero star. Zero. Okay, star. zero star. He is like the ground zero of stars. Yes. He, yes. He broke the he star. Is, he is right. He, is he, a star. <laughs> <laughs> he's somewhere going. Thank you. I guess. Um, Almost like I prepped it. Prepped nothing for this. <laughs> he ruined my. He ruined my offensive parlay. So, uh, to hell with him. Okay. Uh. Uh, the NFL. Okay, yeah. I, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm just looking at Paul's wonderful notes. Um, and yeah. I go the, the regular season recap thing that would just kind of like let's two, save that. Uh, yeah. yeah go, um, we can we can save that for the end of season two and be right. like it was just gonna be like hey so was Gabe Davis disappointing or not was Von Miller an impact or not but we can cover that. That's in, a lot of stuff. You know, and there's some good stuff about where you know particularly guys like Diggs and Allen now rank all time as Bills regarding their production. Um, you know, but you know, Miami and Seattle take the the seventh seeds overall in a in a in a amazing offensive display. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins win nine six, I believe. No, no, eleven to six. Remember, they got right, that crazy safety, the weird safety. Um, I believe they got some weird like holding call that allowed them to fi- get back into field goal range for that third field goal. Yeah. It was like a deep, it was something, it was a 15 yard something. I just saw yeah. it the other day and it was like, eh, well, whatever. <laughs> Seattle also a seven seed. Didn't watch it. Don't know anything about it. 
the Jaguars win the AFC South, eliminating the Titans, um, which was important because there was a there was a weird scenario where the the, the Jaguars could have ended up in Buffalo. Um, Houston won a game. Lovey Smith on the way out the door. Uh, yeah, got it. Got a lot. It was a fourth and twenty hail mary, mm-hmm. and it was lofted up. And a Colts player don't know who it was. Three or four yards in front of a guy just has it jumps up, has to go right through his hands, and a Houston player just catches it right behind him. It was the most routine looking fourth and twenty go ahead Hail Mary touchdown you will ever see. I love it. Um he um Yeah. So uh that's that. They they all did so nicely and so well. Um and what was I what else was I gonna say? Uh yeah, they, they don't get a first the they don't get the first pick overall. Chicago does. Yep. Uh, and Mike Tomlin gets his team <laughs> over 500 yards, um, which is or 500 percent. Yeah, five, five, he has a winning record <laughs> despite the um, despite the nonsense. Yeah, well, watch that Bills Bills Steelers game and be like, oh yeah, Steelers are finishing nine and eight. Sure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's gonna happen. I guess Kenny Pickett really had a and and uh, a big second half, and, and maybe they dodged yeah. a bullet because they were a hot team coming up and maybe maybe the Steelers weren't the same Steelers that you played and blew out early in the season and so yeah. maybe the Bills dodged a bullet um looking at it I can't really imagine any of the teams better suited for Buffalo than Miami without Tua Tagovailoa I feel like it's a pretty okay matchup even with him um but you really do sort of get uh, a low C there's not a lot of danger there for the Bills um, knock on wood, of course, they have to go in and handle business. Um, but they, they should. Um, and before we get to – oh, yeah, you've got all that roster stuff there. So uh, let's get over to listener questions. Scott, I while we, I put – Yep, we just have two of those. Uh, yes, one was me, so we can ignore that one. No, we had two other. We had uh, – Oh, two real ones. Okay. Yes. Michael says, do you think New England may have to move on from Belichick before right, writing their ship? Feel free to indulge in flights of schadenfreude if you'll fancy answer honestly or both. Um, you know, I think that Bill Belichick knows um, he can't compete the way he wants to compete. I think some of it is he's trying to maximize what he has. I think that he's probably not as awful as it looks. I think he knows that, you know, Mac Jones and company are not suited to actually play the style of football that's going to be winning. And you kind of have to get rid of those guys in order to move forward, but you can't just kind of throw everybody out. I don't know. He sort of has a bad rap as a GM. Scott, do you have thoughts on this? Um, I mean, like, I guess, I think, I think Belichick, I mean, I think I think he do, he tries to do, do the best that he can. I think I think he is very much a guy who tries to do what he can for like everything. I don't think he has any kind of like long term ulterior motives. I think when he gets the off season, he makes those decisions. But I think just based on how I know about him, I don't think he like you know, things I've read. Like that obviously, but um, I don't think he has like a strategic. I think he just runs his locker room with like. We're gonna try every week. Do our, you know, do your job. My job is to coach the team to win. That's all we're trying to do. And and then we worry about the offseason. The offseason. I think. I think. You know, long term, I don't know whether he coaches the Jones or not. 
whether he thinks he can win. Yeah, I think he, he got them to 10 wins last year. He did a good job there. I think my schadenfreude answer would be, you know, he refuses to go when it's clear he's, you know, that all of a sudden it's mid to late 70s and he doesn't, can't have the pulse in the locker room anymore, but they don't want to fire oh, him because he's, he's won he's all lost. these Super Bowls. He's lost. What's that, Scott? You just, you just sounded like you were walking. Oh, I was walking. I guess I'll stop walking. Um, yeah, and I'll stand here instead. So, yeah, it was. It, I think the the real answer with with uh, with Belichick, I don't think they need to move on from him at this point. They did, as I mentioned, have the winning season last year. They were all right this year. Uh, they had did some dumb things to lose games they should not have lost, uh, and, and that's going to play a, a role in your final overall record. You know, Frank is right when he says they they don't really have that quarterback yet he, he, Belichick said straight out you know that about Mac Jones that there's going to be competition next year and so they're going to be kind of uh you know handicapped by that a bit especially in a division where you have to face Josh Allen twice a year who is is what five and one six and one, uh, something against Belichick since yeah. you know since 2020 so yeah without Brady that is so yeah I think I think the Patriots will still be competitive with Belichick I, I think until they have one of those four and 13 type seasons that we're going to see Belichick. And you know what? New England fans can deal with that because he's how many winning seasons in a row do you have? You have to right. be able to put up with the fact that you're a 500 ish team for a few years. El super wants to know, it appears the bills will be on the international schedule next year. What locale is most interesting or enticing as a possibility for bills mafia to go global, choose any time period Oh, this sounds like a Scott special. So I'm going to give Scott a minute to think about this. Any yeah. place or t- and time in the universe, um, probably yeah, well, probably should keep it to Earth. I guess. I mean, I think just to have some. <laughs> it, he does say go global. He does not say go universal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, it has to be on planet Earth somewhere. Do you, do My serious it? answer, and not just because it's El Super asking. I'd like to see him in Mexico City. It would be uh, the Bills have not played there. I don't know what kind of fan base they have there. That would be an exciting road trip. Let me tell you, I would love to get down there for a Bills game, then spend uh, some extra time down in Mexico City. And so a time period, I would prefer like, hey, what's wrong with 2023? I'm good with that. Yeah, we've played in Toronto and we've played in London, right? So like, mm-hmm. I feel like we've gotten our Anglophile sort of locations down. And I, I'd be all about like, going somewhere a little less uh, related directly to America. Um, I think Mexico City would be awesome. I think if I could pick any city in the world, um, selfishly, I would want like, you know, well, I would say Fairfax, Virginia, so I could just kind of sit in my house and watch it. But um, no, uh, Tokyo. I think Tokyo. Take him him to Tokyo and, and, and watch it there. And I think that would be crazy because, you know, they're just, just like such a I, – I believe American football is completely alien to most things that Japan does, and so it would be kind of like a fun culture shock, and I'd get to go to Japan. I would go to Japan. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What about you, Scott? So, so Frank of the Bad Back is going to get on a 15-hour flight to, to Tokyo? <laughs> I'll take my time. I mean, you know, I'll I'll stop over a lot. Just, just find one of those business class deals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get a you get a boat. Frank's, Frank's taking the boat. To the, to the 
slow boat to Japan, as um, the, that's the expression I'm going to say. Um, so a lot of thoughts kind of running through my head. Um, you know, I started thinking about time frames, and I'm just thinking, you know, classic kind of bills, red, white, and blue. I was like, let me go back to Revolutionary War days and like show mm. up at the Battle of New York in 1777. Just kind of like if the bills just showed up in the middle of Manhattan, I feel like the British would just like not know what to do with that. I think they just assumed that they were, you know, gods from the future, and if they played the game there, I assume like. That they would just assume that you know it, it wouldn't matter who we're playing. I think we think we'd right. win the Revolutionary War right there, just save a lot of time. And <laughs> I was like, well, he wants global. We do it in London, but then Frank's like, well, we're in London, so we can't do that. Um, I was thinking Tokyo too, actually. I, I thought that would be fun. Nice. Um, uh, I, I I agree that uh, I think sumo is an actual interesting parallel in terms of like uh, okay, yeah. you know, as, in terms of Japan's love of of large people hitting things. I think in that sense, football, American football, is Right, oh, this is a good wacky like schedule. If okay, everyone, no pads, but everyone has to wear their sumo outfit, mm-hmm. or they have to go in those blow up uh, sumo outfits, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we need to see Josh Allen's. <laughs> he, would be, he would be unstoppable at that because he just he's already unstoppable. I guess it might slow. Um, yeah, I mean. I think maybe not for this. I mean, for next season, I, I guess I would say maybe play like somewhere cold, right? Bills are a cold weather team. Okay. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, a major country with cold weather is probably not super hospitable for an American football game next year. Let's mm-hmm. just throw that out. Maybe so Reykjavik could be a good west. destination. Oh, you know, how about, like, the way far north Yukon or northwest territories, especially when, like, the water all freezes over and, like, the ice truckers <laughs> go over that? Make them play there. Yeah. Or or yeah, none of it, good, which wasn't know. even a, a territory when we were kids. That was, like, 2000 that became a thing in Canada. Well, there was none mm. of it. Yeah, none of it. Is that how it's pronounced? I've always said none no, of it. No, but it, I'm making a joke that there was none of it. Oh, I see. Now got it. it's there. Yes. That was that was so yeah. funny. I couldn't even like wrap my brain around it. It was too fast for you. Yeah, that's what she <laughs> said. Fabulous. Okay. Thank you for the good questions, uh, Michael and L. Super. Um, let us move on because we all have dinner plans. Actually, I, I have real leave the house dinner plans tonight. So. Oh wow. Um, but they, they're not soon. Don't worry. Um, Micah Hyde was activated, as was Jamison Crowder, for their 21-day window. So they are in with the Christian Beneford window uh, group. He's a little ahead of them all over there. But but that was big, fun, exciting news that they activated them. um, And they could be eligible to play. Um, You would have to – it would be before the Super Bowl they'd have to make a decision. So – but, you know, that could be really good. Sorry, I had a little burp there. Um, Speaking of deteriorating – uh, um, the secondaries that that might perhaps make uh, Scott feel a little bit better if Micah Hyde could even come back at fifty or seventy five percent of his usual self. Um, you know, yeah. certainly the the brain acumen's there. Uh, and then Cole Beasley, no longer on the practice squad, he was moved up to the big big leagues. Good job, kid. Get your cup of coffee. Well, and, welcome uh, to the big boy table, Cole. Yeah, welcome right. Back. Uh, and Justin Murray was was sent away. He was released. Um, 
So that they made root for him. And I think that leads into the, the injury report where the only real thing is, I mean, Jordan Phillips and Jordan Poyer limited or not practicing, but I think that there's an intent for them to play. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's Isaiah McKenzie, who of course, who hurt his hamstring yesterday in practice. He said, he doesn't think it will, will hinder his gameplay, but they've now made direct room for, for, um, for a slot receiver, (laughs) for a slot receiver. And they will still be able to bring up two players from the practice squad, which would probably be John Brown and, uh, the offensive lineman who I can't think of. Or D-line, probably Brandon Bryan, I would think, in case Phillips can't go, yeah. Right. Um, So uh, there's intrigue there. There, There's there's stuff happening, and and the team, I mean, short of Von Miller, really, as healthy as they've been all year, um, easily. And I think that's one thing I was going to say about the game, too. Some of the Josh Allen throws do not look like his elbow hurt very much. So um, they look. Yeah, if his elbow hurt on that throw to Diggs, then I wish my elbow hurt. Right. That's a, you know, it it hurts from being so pretty is what it hurts (laughs) from. Um, So it's just, you know, good time to get healthy uh, as we head into this this game against the Dolphins, um, where uh, let's talk briefly about Tua and then we'll do this day in Bill's headlines. Uh, Paul, they've they've finally decided that enough concussions is enough for him. Uh, remarkably, and uh, I was sort of glad that they didn't beat around the bush all week with it, like they might have been able to. I guess if he doesn't practice Wednesday, then he can't play. I think that's a league rule. There's some like if he can't be on the field practicing Wednesday, then he's not. Then he's not it. Or yeah, or, or maybe if it's not, he's at a certain point in the certain phase of the concussion protocol. He can't right. by Wednesday. He can't play. So like they right. don't. They only I, let you progress through the protocol so quickly. Exactly. So he he missed whatever it was, and and as of Wednesday, it's over. Um, and it looks like Skylar Thompson, not even Teddy Bridgewater, um, is going to be the guy. And you know, not that you would ever count. We I want to save a little of this for. Uh, the game not that you would ever count out those wide receivers but you know any thoughts on Tua the season he had going forward and you know possibly even uh, yeah, he's, next year he's he's an efficient quarterback i think you know people we've when we were just messaging about this this week what you know that uh qb rating is an overrated stat and really all does is measure efficiency but by that uh, argument he was efficient this year he was a guy that Helped Miami out. He was not Tyreek Hill had uh, some career numbers being thrown to without, and that's with Waddle across from him and Gasicki there. It's like they had no other options, and it's not like Tyreek Hill wasn't with Patrick uh, Mahomes. So, you know, look at someone like Kirk Cousins. You know, he's not a superstar QB in this league. Justin Jefferson doesn't seem to have problems with Kirk Cousins. Stephon Diggs, when he was there, didn't have problems with Kirk Cousins. So you can win with a Tua Tagovailoa guy. The question becomes. Who is Tua Tagovailoa gonna gonna be? Next? Is he gonna be an NFL player uh, next year? You know, those were some con- those numbers of concussions in short order. That combination can be very, uh, very dangerous. And so, obviously, as we both expressed online, we we hope most of all the Tua's okay next year. That his head's okay, whether he continues to play in the NFL or not. Yeah. You know, above all, if Miami does continue with him, can they? Win with him? Sure. Are there comparisons? Are some of the fans who compare him to uh, Josh Allen and Mahomes and these other guys uh, yeah, off their rocker? Like Absolutely, they're off the rocker. That's, there's no <laughs> right. comparison there. But you can win with him. And you know what? If Miami wants to stick with him and he's able to stick it out, then good for them. Yeah, he reminds me of 
I mean, efficiency, right? Like, so to me, he's yep. like Ryan Tannehill or in a way, not exactly the same player, but like Tyrod Taylor. Like, right, you get a certain thing out of those quarterbacks. They do a certain thing. They can't do a lot. They can't create a lot, but you can maximize that type of player. And I think that they did a good job of that. But, you know, again, I want him to be healthy. I, you know, especially after, not especially after DeMar. I I would always think that. But when you watch somebody really sort of possibly like, you know, almost lose their life, it really puts it in perspective easier um, for you. And so just to kind of, um, put a, a, a bow on that. That's kind of what I expect, um, what I would want for him is for him to be well. Um, do you have any any thoughts on, on Tua? You know, I mean, I, w- they say two concussions, but a lot of us believe it was three and that we're never going to really get a full story about what happened in Buffalo, Scott. But um, what, do you, what do you make of his not playing and the season he had? Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's, there's not a there's not a ton to think, obviously. I think I think the only problem I think I think I just I think the long term is like if if, if he is um, off for any extended period of time, or if he's or if he's going to have these issues his whole career, or if he's if it's if it's in close areas and he's not going to play again for them, um, that's that obviously is a tremendous blow to the Miami franchise that has basically gone all in this season to try and win it all. I mean, that was Bradley Chubb, that was Tyreek Hill, that was all these guys that they were bringing in because they thought Tua was the guy. And if they don't have him at that centerpiece, well, obviously, you know, yes, there are quarterbacks that would, would come onto the open market. I don't, I don't know who they are yet because obviously the open market has gone through it. But, um, you know, in some ways, that's, that's, a, that's a big blow to them. But at the same time, if they get a good quarterback, maybe someone who's actually, maybe there's a Lamar Jackson out there, who's to say. I'm sure Lamar would probably enjoy Miami quite a bit. I'm sure Miami would enjoy Lamar. That would probably right. be problematic. I'm not, I don't like that idea. Listen, then I never said that. Yeah, you never said that. He He's not allowed to play for the Jets or the, the Dolphins, right? Yeah, or, yeah. Or okay. the also the Jets. Also don't go to the Jets. Don't do that. Yeah, um, I, I think you're right. I think that, you know, the weird... The weird story, and then let's get to those this damn Bills headlines. But like the weird thing with Tua isn't just like his injuries, and he's efficient, and he's not like, you know, he's sort of the he's probably like a wet dream for the old style offense. You know, like doesn't really have a lot of turnovers, doesn't necessarily have to throw the ball deep, but he's he's a, you know, the only thing he's missing is the durability, which you know I don't want to even ding him for, um, but he's not. He's not a newer guy. He's not gonna. He's gonna do different things than Allen and Mahomes do. And I don't think. I don't think it's that you can't win with him. They were clearly better within him, with him in than not. But if they're gonna go long term with Tua Tagovailoa, uh, you know, and and he's healthy, God willing, um, as a Bills fan, I'm not overly overly concerned about it. I think you're gonna lose games to them, but I don't think you're. I don't think. I don't see them, you know, running the show. I don't. Even with you know they. They they added weapons like you wouldn't believe, and they still were sort of streaky with their scoring. You know they they needed those guys to make big plays. So uh, anyway, we'll move on from there because we're going to talk about Miami uh, 
at, at length in a minute. And uh, we're going to go to this day in Bill's headlines uh, with with Paul. And I'm going to do while you do that, I'm going to pull up Skylar Thompson's uh, pro football reference page just in case anybody wants to have it up. That sounds like a great idea. And as you do that, I, of course, got someone who uh, a colleague who messaged me on Microsoft Teams at 527 that I just had to reply to. And thankfully, I have gotten a reply off in advance of this day in Bill's headlines. Fabulous. Yes, and we will forgive her because she's a Chicago native, but a Bills fan who uh, married into Buffalo. Her parents now live in Buffalo along with her in-laws. She went up there for the holidays. So shout out to you, Maggie, even though you don't even know I podcast. All right. right. This is This Day in Bill's Headlines for January 12th. We'll race through this thing. So we're going to go way back to 2022, if you guys remember that year and anything that might have happened during it. Uh, Bill's blank returns to practice. Should he start versus Patriots over Gabriel Davis? Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is the correct answer. Well done. 2021, Buffalo Bills running back blank out for rest of postseason. Buffalo's second lead rusher behind Devin Singletary. Blank totaled 576 yards of offense and five touchdowns during his rookie season in 2020. He was carted off field with his injury. Would that be uh, Zach Moss? It would be Zach Moss in a... A shout-out to Mr. Moss, uh, who had his first 100-yard rushing game for the Colts uh, to end the season last Sunday. Uh, Well, Naheem Himes was winning Special Teams Player of the Week, so you know what? A little bit of a happy ending for both of those teams on the trade. All right. A little bit, maybe more challenging, or maybe Frank will just jump right in on this one again. Sorry. Um, 2020, Browns tab Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable is finalist for head coach Assistant GM blank, also on radar. Assistant GM, was that uh, Joe Shane? It was. Wow. Yeah. Well, they both went to the Giants, right? They so. did. I was going to that my, my, say I have no hint other than apparently Dable and Shane come as a, pack, come as a package deal because uh, right. that's exactly what the Giants ended up doing two years after that. Um, all right, here we go. 2015, Rex Ryan reportedly wants blank, not Mark Trestman, is Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator. It says Blank has been San Francisco's offensive coordinator since 2011, but his status has been in limbo with 49ers and head coach Jim Harbaugh parting ways this offseason. Blank was also one of the 14 candidates that the Bills interviewed for the head coaching job. What year was this? 2015. 2015. Yep. Okay. So Greg Roman. Greg Roman, there's Scott. Hey. Coming out of the out of the uh, peanut gallery there with the correct answer of Greg Roman. Also a repeat question because I asked that same question when January 12th came up last year. Um, Good to know. Good to know we're consistent on the days of recording. Yeah, there's another repeat in here. I wonder if you guys will get that too. I doubt it. (laughs) All right, 2013. Bill's blank wants to show what he can do. I had a couple of bad luck years here. I know what the expectations are. Blank said matter of fact the last week as the players cleaned out their lockers. I just had to get healthy. I'm there now. I'm ready to prove myself. Uh, fact, he was not, in fact, healthy. Uh, at the time of this interview, this defensive tackle had already played his last NFL games. He was released by the Bills the following August. So defensive tackle 2000 and what? Uh, 2013. So he was with the Bills from 2010 through 2012. I will give the slightly bigger hint here. 
This was a 2010 round two pick out of Central Florida, 41st overall pick, and one pick ahead of a Buffalo native. Oh, uh, this is Terrell Troop. It is Terrell Troop. I knew that. The guy's Rob Rob Gronkowski, right. Yep. Very good. Uh, We're over halfway through on this day in Bill's headlines. I've got to figure out how to stall. All right, 2012. (laughs) Decisions to be made on blank. With all the focus understandably on Bill's top wideout, Stevie Johnson, who is set to become a free agent come March 13th, lost in the shuffle is elusive slot receiver blank. The seven-year vet also has a contract running out this offseason, but the club's call on bringing him back into the fold has yet to be decided. Bill's GM, Buddy Nix, was very candid, explaining that his last two seasons were cut short by season-ending injuries and do raise a measure of concern. Is this Josh Stonehand-Reeds? It is not Josh Reed. I think it was about two years after Reed departed. So same era, former Josh Reed teammate. Right. I just thought there was a chance that Josh Reed had hung around for seven years. He, he hung around, I think, even longer. I think he was like 02 <laughs> to 09 or 010, or 10, right. 2010. So uh, is this one of the guys that has the boring names? Is this like Don? Nope, Nelson? nope, not one of the boring name guys. Okay. <laughs> It's notes that he had made it through a 16-game season just twice in his seven-year career in 2006 and 2007, and that he'd missed 22 of the 32 regular season games. Uh, he didn't. He the Bills did not keep him the next year. He went to Tampa Bay, but he did not. He played 13 games there, but he was just. This is going to help. He was just returning punts. Uh, Roscoe Parrish. Roscoe Parrish, there the correct go. answer. All right. All right. 2001. This is the repeat. Texans meet Bill's assistant blank. Meet with Bill's assistant blank. Bill's defensive coordinator blank was busy this week boning up for his first interview in, in an, as for an NFL head coaching job. Blank is scheduled to meet with officials of the new Houston Texans franchise on Wednesday and Thursday to interview for the expansion club's opening. This will be my first one, Blank said. I was very happy to get the call, and I'm excited about it. So this guy was a Bill... Had, but now was the Bills he, defensive court. He actually had a bunch of tenures with the Bills. He was a, a defensive line coach under Marv Levy from 86 to 89, the linebacker okay. coach from 95 to 97. Then he was D coordinator for all of the Wade Phillips years, all three Wade Phillips years. Right. Uh, I'm not going to get this because that's outside of yeah. my thing here. Uh-oh. Something say, yeah. I will say it is um, – it's it goes to the Texans' mistreatment of um, African American head coaches and head coaching candidates. It goes back a long ways. So Perry Ted Cottrell. Ted Cottrell, there's Scott. There it is. I don't not to jinx it, but I've got one question left, and you guys haven't missed one yet. So here we go. Can you miss this one? Is the big question. <laughs> 1992, going back 31 years. Bills beat Broncos 10-7 in AFC Championship game. Remember when the AFC Championship game was already done by January 12th? Those were good days. All right. Uh, The first touchdown of a former running back's life put the Buffalo Bills back in the Super Bowl Sunday and sent the Denver Broncos home from the playoffs in untypical fashion. I think that should be atypical uh, article writer uh, without embarrassment. Blank, unheralded on a team known for offense, scored on an 11-yard interception return in the third quarter to highlight a defensive drama and bring the Bills AFC Championship, the AFC Championship with a 10-7 win over the Broncos. It came at 9.32 of the third quarter as Denver quarterback John Elway attempted a screen pass to Steve Sewell, running back Steve Sewell. The ball was tipped by Jeff Wright and flowed directly into Blank's hands. Uh, 
It was supposed okay. to be Shane Conlon's blitz, Blank said of his fellow inside linebacker, and we switched it up. But hey, Jeff Wright made the play by tipping the pass. Okay, so the other inside linebacker, no, Biscuit was outside. Daryl Talley was inside. No, he was outside too. So you had... Okay, so Biscuit, Conlon, Talley, and yep. Now I'm now I'm getting the blank spot because I'm panicking. That's uh, all right. So it's his. He was not quite in Tecmo Super Bowl because the other inside linebacker in Tecmo Super Bowl for the Bills was Ray Bentley, who was still right. with the Bills by the time they played the Broncos uh, a year or so after that game was made. But he was now backing up this younger player who had emerged. He was a uh, pretty good line. I forgot how long he played for the Bills. Uh, I will take a look. But he had a good NFL career. Um, he played for the Bills from... 1988 when he was a backup uh 89 he was a backup but played in all 16 games 90 he was a backup but did start six of the 16 then in 91 this was his first year uh playing all 16 so five seasons with the bills two with the giants three with the thinking about this game because it was um This is the guy with the hockey son. Yes, that you were going to beat me to my next hit. Carlton Carlton Bailey. Yes. I think we got six from Frank. We got two from Scott. We have a 100% percentage uh, going into a playoff game against the Dolphins. Is that a good omen? Maybe. Uh, if if not, we're never doing the Stay in Bills headlines again. And this has been the last Bills yeah, head, Stay in Bills headlines ever. But uh, well done, gentlemen. That was good. I think that that's fair because now we should talk about this game where the Bills are 13-point favorites over the Miami Dolphins, as we've discussed without Tua Tagovailoa. Um and that is in part because Skylar Thompson is at quarterback. He is a rookie. Um, he has started two games. He's one and one. The one game he won, he they, they managed nine points. Um, he has one touchdown and three interceptions on the year. 100 and, uh, 534 total yards on 105 attempts. And, you know, not a lot of tape on Skylar Thompson, uh, who went to Kansas State. And so the line was 10. There was talk that it would move to seven if two have played, which we talked about briefly in the chat. And um, it seems like a lot, but that's only one score, really. It's just, it's just sort of saying it's a one-score game. And now at 13 points, they're saying it's a two-point game. So it's a pretty big line. It's a huge line for a a uh, a – playoff game and i knock on wood they obviously have to play the game well and and i'm not jinxing it but paul i think you're right that if something were to go amiss it could only be football gods at this point because (laughs) there's really no excuse here uh for the bills to not be able to beat the dolphins um you know with with skylar thompson uh at the helm so let's go to scott who hasn't had to, to say too much uh, for a minute here. So, Scott, give us your thoughts on um, the game. And as a reminder, because we haven't done this in a while, uh, for playoff games, nobody picks who wins. We do not pick who wins because we are all rooting for the Bills and we don't want to put anybody in the uncomfortable situation of saying they think the Bills might lose any particular game. Uh, you just talk about the game, and if you feel like it, you say – what you think that the Dolphins could do that could be dangerous for the Bills. Kind of a, you know, what-if scenario for them. But no need to actually pick the game for... So, um, 
So I have a couple thoughts, and I'll talk quick because my my earphones aren't working, and I might be getting a, I might be getting a bad echo. No, you you sound fine from our end, but sorry right. if you're too. Okay. All right. So um, a couple things. So this playoffs, I'm going to be um, previewing things um, with what I'm going to call the Josh Allen unicorn scale. Okay. Um, of of that Josh Allen, um, like. I think the biggest concern that I have is that we have gotten into points uh, this season where we've relied on Josh Allen too much and we cannot consistently expect him to be a giant magic centaur unicorn alien who comes down from another planet and like throws for 500 yards and a hundred yards rushing and um, hurdles four guys breaks 15 tackles and like, you just can't expect him to do that. Like, those plays can come, but you can't rely on them because it's just too much to do that. You can't expect him to throw across his body running out of bounds every time and have it go into the end zone every time and get caught for a touchdown. Some of those aren't going to work. But based on how the rest of the team is doing, we might need him to be more Magic Unicorn or less. So with 10 being full kind of alien, uh, you know, magic god kind of quarterback and zero being um, replacement level NFL quarterback, which I will call, let's just call him Derek for Derek Carr. Fair enough. Who's <laughs> probably it in my head. I looked up briefly. I think Kenny Pickett is, is on the list as well as like a zero um, war or something. But basically... Yeah, or t- Taylor Heineke. You know, pick your pick your replacement level quarterback. Or Judy this, Greer. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> this is basically yes, a point five <laughs> on your zero to ten scale is what Josh Allen has to be to do this to win this game um, against Skylar Thompson. He does not have to be a magic unicorn. He just has to matriculate the ball down the field against a decent, but certainly by no means overwhelming Miami defense, and not turn it over or do anything stupid. And the defense in the running game should be able to kind of put up, again, the the 14 points that really ought to salt this game away. I'm not going to say we should completely throw out the offense. Obviously, we're not going to play like that because that's not how we play. But I guess I just hope Josh Allen has that in his mind. The only other thing that I'll add is on defense, this is um, everyone has to get every wacky, stupid, trick, dumb, wildcat, wacky, a double reverse play that, what is it? What's his name? McDaniel? Is that his name? Yep. Um, every one of those that he's ever run, and look at all of them this week. That's 90% of what the defense has to be doing. If it's Mostert in the Wildcat for 40 snaps on Sunday, we better be ready for it. If it's Tyree Kill with 12 passes thrown from behind the line to Jeremy to Waddle or whatever his name is. Waddle, that's his name. Yeah, um, yeah like Jalen. Jalen, that's what um, then we, those are the things that we have to be ready for because they're going to try and steal this game. Like, if you're the Miami coach, you're not going to try and win this game with Skylar, Skylar Thompson. You're not going to try and win it with running Mostert up the middle 40 yards. Like, that's stupid. You're going to throw every stupid trick you have, and if it works, great. You bought yourself another week. You'll worry about it next week. Maybe it's a different set of trick plays that'll, that'll win you the next game. Who cares? You're playing, you're coaching for your NFL life right now a bit. Um, you're trying to prove that you can win without Tua, um, and you're trying to prove that you're an NFL head coach. So by all means, empty the bag. And so if you're the Bills, you have to be ready for everything. And that means, sure, you you maybe pay a little conservative in your coverages. They do kind of anyway. 
You got to read your keys. You got to be smart. Um, Greg Rousseau on the pass rush, all those guys, they have to just be, you know, smart, contain, keep their heads on swivels, um, especially, and then especially in the secondary, if Micah Hyde can't go, obviously we're already, you know, two safeties down. Um, I guess it'd probably be Marlowe or Johnson, Mar- right? Probably Marlowe mm-hmm. or Cam Lewis, but I would think Marlowe. Oh, right. Yeah, Lewis, right. Um, those guys are the ones who are going to get picked on. The, those guys are also the ones of like, look, wait all the way until it's a run to, 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 to bail out and do it. Um, otherwise, you could get caught. So that, that is what I will, I will stop with. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's all really good. I think you're exactly right. They, they don't need a lot. They just need to not get, you know, do something stupid, and and they, they should be fine. Um, I would be a little, con- I was, as you said it with the with the tricks and stuff. I I thought to my myself like, I guess maybe Paul, you can chime in here. Uh, a little concerned about whether the Dolphins might play a little dirty. Um, mm-hmm. you know, certainly like this is the time where if you can, you know, knock a guy out of the game and buy your, as you say, buy yourself a week and maybe two is ready next week. That's a kind of you know, uh, that could be a thing. Um, but alas, or you bait us into a 15 yard personal foul, right? That gets you a couple of free, you know, a down a critical late, late game down or whatever. Yeah. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to have much to add on this game because Scott did such a great job of covering it. But yeah, I think keep, keep Josh clean, you know, and that goes to the, don't let's try, you know, Miami might play a little dirty. Christian Wilkins will always play dirty. Uh, so, you know, try not to get hurt. Uh, when Scott brought up Mostert in the Wildcat for 40 plays, it reminded me of Ronnie Brown beating the Patriots out of the Wildcat in 2008, and the Patriots uh, ended up missing the playoffs because the Dolphins won the division that year uh, on tiebreakers because they beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, be ready for that. Be ready for the the trick plays. Uh, you know, hey, they Tua didn't play spectacularly the last time these two teams played, and yet it was a three-point game that the Bills had to scratch and claw to win. Uh, the Dolphins are notably more injured today. They have three quarterbacks on their uh, injury list, although Skylar Thompson is was a full pr- participant today with his ankle injury. Um, but they've got a bunch of other injuries. You know, Armstead's been out almost all the year. He's probably not going to play. Eichberg, Lamb, their whole offensive line, uh, Brandon Schell, just everyone out. And so, yeah, the Dolphins are going to throw that kitchen sink at the Bills. They're going to empty that playbook. Be ready for that. Scott gave some good guidance on, you know, t- the coverages and, you know, just being conservative uh, defensively. But, yeah, I think that that pretty much covers what the Bills need to look out for. But let's yeah. face it, they have the talent edge in this game, uh, big talent edge, so play your game, stick to it. And the cohesiveness edge, too. I think some of what you can do is what you did to the Patriots last year. You get up early and, you know, like the Wildcats not going to help you. Right. If they come out and they score 14 points on the first two drives, okay, and let's say they force one, one, three and out, I'm not saying the game's over, but what I'm saying is you're already way behind the eight ball with the Bills. And, and you know, playing some cutesy nonsense isn't really going to kind of square you away the way that you need to be squared away. So to my mind, I think that that's where I'm – I'm resting is like, you know, get up early. I, 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 you know what, at this point, I just believe Josh Allen will turn the ball over once. I just build that into my, I build that into the, the, the schematic, right? Like it's, that's just part of the course. He's just going to do it. And, and largely that's because he's going to get, you know, 
one or two touchdowns that you shouldn't get, he's going to end up, you know, that's the cost of doing business with him. So, uh, but I, I think short of completely shitting the bed, they can win this game. They should win it easily. And we should be talking about either playing Cincinnati or the winner of Jacksonville and San Diego uh, in Buffalo the week after. So uh, you can let us know, MNY Bills, what you think's going on. We'll be tweeting the game live from there. Uh, I I'm, might be – I'll probably – I don't know. I might watch from my house. I might go out. I'll have to talk to hmm. Paul about that. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do is throw a party and have people over because I don't – well, we had a long discussion before you got on the call, Scott. But um, I don't trust a lot of people to watch me watch football. We'll just leave it there. You two are in rare company. Um but we'll be there to discuss the game uh, as it's happening. And next week, of course, uh, we hope you're having a, a nice week. And thank you so much for listening. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.